Right. Hello and welcome to episode three of Propping Up the Bar. I'm Tim, he's Toby, and this week we're joined by fake Wales fan, Henry. Welcome along to... Genuine fan. <laughs> a few blokes who love beers, chat some waffle about rugby, football and cricket. For today's show, we're going to be diving into Rio Ferdinand's delusion, T20 test matches and Welsh refs with French accents. Um, how we how we going, boys? How we going? Feeling good? Yeah, Probably not too bad. Yeah, we're, one we're one too shabby. Another week closer to pubs opening, aren't we? So oh, um, counting down the days. On freedom, so yeah, mate. Looking really forward good. to it. And we still got live sport, which is nice. Yeah, lots of live mm. sport. So first thing to get into cricket, third test. Wow, we were wrong. We were fucking wrong. <laughs> really, really bad prediction. It was like, oh, it'll probably end on the morning of the fourth day. Two days. Yeah. Was it five sessions? Yeah. To be fair, I don't think anybody could have called that. No, it was just. I think that was pretty, pretty alien, and no one, no one foresaw that. Yeah, I happening. Think, I don't think. So, um, the big thing I suppose to dive into straight away is the pitch, the pitch, the pitch, the pitch, the pitch, the pitch. Um, everyone loved chat about the pitch you see Michael Vaughan's tweet of him on a tractor yeah, in a field yeah. <laughs> patch, preparing they? the deck for day four um and then you had Virat Kohli just saying no nah, I thought it was a very good pitch <laughs> just... in his defense it was a very good pitch it was yeah. shocking <laughs> just, you know, the bottom line they're the better team they played the better cricket yeah I don't know though they, just... they batted better they bowled better their spinners bowled better this is the thing. England right? selection as well probably warrants quite a lot of yeah. discussion. I mean, um, we picked three seamers. Yeah. Joe Root took five for eight, which says a lot about the pitch. But this um, is the thing, right? So in end of the second test, everyone was criticising the pitch. And I was of the opinion where I was like, that they're just better than us. Like, they won on day one with a massive ton from Rohit Sharma. So, like, it's not the pitch because he can bat on it and we just can't. Whereas this third test, You've got a batsman taking five for eight. Yeah. You've got like Virat Kohli, like and Joe Root, like two of the world's best batsmen, looking like fucking ordinary. Yeah. Like you just, it's just like yeah. the second test. People moaning about the pitch, not really warranted. They were better. This one, like yeah. they surely they've got to get a five or something. Like, like, there's been a lot of discussion about the nature of England's dismissals. Like most of the wickets in their the, the third innings. Were from straight balls. This is yeah. This is why I don't but, get those. So I get from like a kind of mere onlooker sat on your sofa. You're kind of like these blokes, professional cricketers playing for England. They're getting out to straight balls. Yeah, just just hit the ball, but it, mate. But it just isn't that though, is it? It's it's the ball before that goes through the top and goes a foot past your outside yeah. edge, and then you think like it puts doubt in your mind. And, like and morning... then to go again the next ball and yeah. it's hard. And I know like Axar Patel, he. He's not meaning to to turn one big and slide one off. Like it's natural variation. It's hitting leather. It's hitting seam. Um, which means if he doesn't know what it's doing, how does the batsman twenty two yards away Mate, definitely. have any idea? Like it's it's guesswork and it's it's really hard. And that and that's down to the pitch and also down to the pink ball to some extent. Yeah, I think as well. Like missing the straight ones is like those aren't just like trivial balls. Like those are balls that are like part of spin bowling like part of good spin bowling like bowling Definitely. ball that looks like it's going to fucking rag and then just hits you yeah and blows your front pad off like yeah. they did the that, exact same today yeah like, like that is like that's fucking good bowling it's not shit yeah. batting and then like all of the um 
the BCCI sponsored commentators just going like, oh, well, I think it's, you know, England's yeah. incapability to face spin bowling. That's you've, the real you've got to here. take their commentary with a pinch of salt, I think. Their commentary is um, horrific. Yeah. It's painful to listen to. Like when Graham Swan is your best commentator. Yeah, he you know, can be painful sometimes. Yuck. Um, and um, even today, like we're, this is obviously being recorded after the first day of the forecast. And it was sort of the same old mistakes, really. Like blokes either giving their wicket away from being more positive, which I guess you can't really complain about too much. But also that straight ball. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, the doubt in the mind of the... Um, English batters. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, it also goes back to England selection, like we've kind of mentioned. Picking I mean, the seamers and one specialist spinner was probably the wrong way to go. but um, And they've obviously gone the other way today by picking one seamer and Ben Stokes. Yeah. Do you see um, Ravi Ashwin's presser? Yeah. Um, did you see that, Henry? I can't say I did, to be honest. So basically, I'm not, not following cricket religiously. Yeah, so Don't blame you, mate. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shit sport, yeah. Basically, I'll tell you what I did like though, just to interrupt, is um seeing fans back in stadiums. Whoa. Oh mate, that's gets the blood pumping. I agree, yeah. It's a big, big stadium as well. Hundred with hundred and ten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not totally sure India what India's uh, COVID policies are. No. But <laughs> I reckon we should adopt them. COVID <laughs> ripping through the lower tier. <laughs> it's cricket, so it's fine. But yeah, the um yeah, so in Ravi Ashwin's press conference, he was basically asked, like, are, are you hoping for this surface again? Like, are you glad that you... Because he basically tore up, like, he bowled so yeah. well. And he got 100. And he, yeah, and he got a ton in... Mm. Well, that no, was that was in the second test. Ball. In the third test, yeah. he just, like, ran through England's batting. And then mm. in the press conference, he was just like, who decides what's a good surface? Ooh! Which I think is a good point, <laughs> because, like... When teams come to England, we yeah. produce like I think it's different though wet green seamers. But then the nature of the movement is like yeah. with spin bowling, it's all from like the pitch. Whereas with swing bowling, yeah. like the weather conditions, like mm. play a part. Like there's so much more than just the pitch. And like with spin, if you have one that's ripping on the first day, like going through the top, it's just yeah. And like for me, nobody wants to see two day test matches. Like. People are paying money. People yeah. want them to feel. I agree people. with you there. And and going back to the whole argument about England produce green tops at home. Yes, we do. But how often do you see a two-day test match in England? Yeah, true. Like they often get better with sun. And actually, the best time to bat on a green seamer is third innings yeah. when it's been baked by the sun. These pitches get worse and worse and culminate in a two-day test, which nobody wants to see. T Twenty tests, mate. Nobody wants to see like test matches in England. I I agree. Home advantage is probably one thing that sets cricket apart from other sports and makes it so unique. Every home team has their different home advantage, different pitches, which is a great, I think that's a beauty of cricket, but it's got to be controlled, I think, to, to some, in some extent. Yeah. Um, mm. Although... Nobody you, wants two-day tests. You know, no one wants two-day tests, but I can stop watching. Yeah, no, I you're can, right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> every ball was an event. Everyone, yeah. like, I was just, like... <laughs> Is when Bearstow, like, who just can't play cricket, struggling, and, and I have the authority to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when like just watching his three ball innings was just like, didn't he get? He was he out LW first ball? Yeah, given like, reviewed not out. Yeah, and then got bowled. And then got bowled. Having already got a duck in the first inning. Yeah, and and it's just like 
I was just laughing. Mm. Like, and then you look at um, like Ollie Pope, yeah. like proper player. I love yeah. him. Looks so That's good. Amazing. And he and he just looked like he'd never oh, played cricket yeah. before. Like it was just. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I do agree with that. Though. You can't argue the entertainment factor. Like yeah. it was great to watch. But then we have those genuinely like, great to watch. There's there wasn't a boring ball. No, there wasn't. But then I think the counter to that is like, if you want that cricket, fuck off and watch the IPL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the greatest respect, just do one. Yeah. <laughs> Matches are made to be long and like drawn out, and the drama comes in on like the fourth or fifth day, like we saw with like Headingley. Headingley, and I'm going to yeah. reference Headingley because like it's an English victory that I love, so it yeah. works for me. <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. but like, if you want that like high octane cricket, like. I appreciate the argument that like it was unbelievable viewing because like you couldn't tear your eyes away from the screen. But at the same time, like if you want that sort of high octane cricket, like that format already exists in like ODI and T20. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like every ball's an event. Sort you know, of it's entertaining, but it, to be honest, it's not even really Test cricket. Like it didn't fulfil any of the criteria of Test cricket, in my opinion. Like it was just like sensational. Yeah, life. I agree. But, it was very entertaining, but. Like, for instance, if we had a two-day test in this country, the amount of people that buy tickets for good money for day three and four, like, how annoyed would you be if you had got tickets for the third day? It's a bit different in India yeah. because they sell tickets cheaply and such big stadium that anybody can turn up to. But yeah. over here, when you've got a ballot for tickets, it's really hard to get test match tickets. If you got tickets for a third day of a test match, and it's over. And on it's the over. Morning. And you pay 50, 60 quid, 50, 60 quid money. Pay, you'd be very annoyed, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd be tamping. Um, you would be. Like, you've waited all year to go and watch Day of Test Cricket in June or July. Proper day out. <laughs> and the game's finished because the pitch is a raging snake pit. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, moving, moving on from the pitch, I think. because Yeah, we, I mean, we, what we else talk, is there to talk we about? We talk about that until we... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we've spoken about the press conference, but that was just more stuff about the pitch. Yeah. I suppose wrapping it up, fourth test has started. So moving away from the third test, fourth test has started. England got pumped for 205 or, so, yeah. or something, 215 yeah. all yeah. out. Um, doesn't look like enough. It seems like a more sensible pitch. Um, yeah, still a couple of balls went through the top. Yeah, but, but like, you know, that does happen more manageable. in India. Yeah, like, it's not 100%. every single ball. Um, I think, yeah, I think we just probably didn't didn't bat very well. It's like three for yeah. thirty. You know, couple we, of poor dismissals again. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, I'd like to. I feel like we're just on the back foot now. Yeah. And unless we do some serious damage tomorrow morning, what are they, 20, 20 for one? I think. Yeah, they're twenty four for one or something. But early like, wickets will be true. Yeah, crucial tomorrow. Like unless we absolutely skittle them, like I can just see us being on the back foot for the majority of this test. Do you want to chuck in a prediction? See if you can go one better than last. Um, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, think, I think we'll hold back from um, predictions. That's the safe, safest uh, option. I think the it, be, it just feels like there isn't enough on the board. Um, and it also feels like the pitch is a bit better. God, I can't wait for it to just disintegrate into that. <laughs> we'll finish by tomorrow evening. Yeah. <laughs> finishes earlier than the last one. Um, yeah, what about you? What do you think? Again, I, I think it's tough to win from the position we're in. But again, they've got a bat last on it. And hopefully 
if we can give them something to chase. Like yeah, well, they batted last on it last time. And yeah, I know, 40. but hopefully <laughs> if this pitch, I don't think it really mattered who batted on the last one last because it was such a snake yeah. pit. Um, but hopefully if we can make them chase 150-200, fourth innings on it when it's getting worse with Sun, hopefully we've got a chance, but... Yeah, it's a lot to go, and I don't want to chuck out any predictions after last week. Yeah. Right, so still to come, we've got the joy of discussing Owen Farrell and his watery boys, as well as several more cams. So if you're listening along, along in lockdown, find your nearest Bev and join us. But for now, moving on to the football. Um, and we've got, well, we'll kick off with Rio Ferdinand. It's like... And his and his fantastic transfer desires. Yeah. There's a reason why he's not in charge of Man United. I wish he was. I mean, <laughs> so he said that Oli needs to move heaven and earth for buying Mbappe and Haaland. And yeah, I mean, he wants to run as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I believe his exact quote was, you, c- you can't let them go anywhere else. But I mean, if I was them, I wouldn't go anywhere near United. <laughs> but why would you? Is there enough of a pull factor from United because, like, they do have, they are one of those clubs, like, regardless of performance, to have the money just to be able to, like, you look at the case of Maguire and like, the legacy and the status. Yeah, and they'll have Champions League football probably next year. Um, I don't think they do have the power boys, the pulling power. I think they've lost it. They couldn't get Stancho for whatever reason. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't find another twenty million to get him. They couldn't get Sancho because of like their board being like stubborn mm. like they yeah. like Dortmund clearly set 120 and then yeah. you went back with what 112 I think it was just bang on a, it was near enough 100 but if you're yeah. if you splash 80 mil on Maguire you set a, you unfortunately set a bar far too high and clubs yeah. are going to rinse you for it because Slabhead's worth what 40 if that he's so average <laughs> which probably doubles his mark, what his market yeah yeah. So what I don't get is that, like, you know, I think that United's problems don't really sit with like strikers. I think they need mm. maybe a bet a better winger and shore up the centre back mm. first before they because, like, you know, Martial. Sure, he's not like Martial and Cavani are like, you know, they're not like the greatest strikers in the league, but they're still like effective. Like Cavani's mm. like. He's that hitman that you can get the ball into anywhere in the box and he'll just turn and get shot off. And, mm. and then Martial's the different kind to like roll off a defender's shoulder and get in behind. So, like, they're capable mm. strikers, they just need the service. Martial's had a poor season, isn't he? Like, I know yeah, I've not, I've not, I've not liked watching him this year. Or was it Sunes speaking about it on the weekend? And oh, I fucking hate Sunes. Kind of talking about <laughs> it. It's like, kind of like if I was a man you fan. Martial's attitude would really annoy me. He doesn't. It does. It annoys me. He doesn't like, do anything. He's clearly got all the talent in the world. Like, when, yeah. like I remember when he left Monaco, people were likening him to like a young Thierry Henry. Like, he's yeah, like, yeah, big thing. He just looks. His attitude is smelly. Yeah, attitude. Um, yeah, like I say, he's clearly got the ability. It's just those slumped shoulders. Does he? Does he love? Mm. Does he just love the lifestyle? I don't know. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think... I think if I was... Yeah, sorry, after you, Tim. I think that it just goes to show that, like, the Premier League is the ultimate test of a player because you can have someone mm. that looks like Thierry Henry, like you say, in, in yeah. League One or, like, in, 
like Bundesliga, like for all Verna, we know, like yeah. like yeah, Werner was a flop. Like Haaland could end up coming to City. I mean, you know, he'll probably, you know, be fine. We'll talk about that a bit later on. But like, you know, if Haaland came to City and then just got shrugged off by all the centre backs in the league and just flopped, mm. like we've seen that happen before with a number of players. That's like, what Werner said, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think I think I think Haaland is a better player suited to the Prem. He's a far more big yeah. presence in a box. He's a more direct nine. And Bappi, I think, would struggle to adapt, but give him a year and he'd back be back at the same levels. Yeah. But yeah, if I was either of those players, I wouldn't go near United. Yeah. Like, why would you? Because <laughs> well, we spoke on like the first episode, we mentioned that like mm. That was three weeks ago. And we said that the next, from that point, we said that the next four games are, are crucial. So it was what, West Brom, Newcastle, um, Chelsea. And they've, and they haven't City. scored in any of them. Palace they, last night. Yeah, they Palace. Three games. And it's just been like draws and like. Yeah, that. the last eight games, they've got five draws, two wins, one loss. And if they, yeah. And so if it's they, just boring. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, in the position that they were four weeks ago, People were talking them up for going for the title, and now they're fourteen points behind mm. City, you, and it's just like, what happened? Like, there's do you, just, we mentioned do you think before. that's anything to do with Solskjaer though, and his sort of? I think I, I think it's Pogba. Pogba's been out the last what month, and he was in some real good form. He was getting the team ticking. Yeah, and he's been out, and United have looked slow, and I think that puts him in a really good position in terms of his contract because he can turn around to United and say, "Look, you are shite without me." Yeah, it just fill out a blank check. I get that, but then also like he's when United are playing poorly, like as a team, he can't get a game. Mm. Like, and that's the one he's thing. he's wasted his career at United. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> that I have to offer, is that like like United were playing class of like about a month, six weeks ago, and he was very mm. special to that. Like I agree, but when they're playing poorly, he yeah fancy it like it's coming out in the yeah. Press. yeah always wanted to play for Real and like suddenly it's all a drama of like why is he there yeah I think they should have got rid of him like a year to oh yeah I would have cashed in on him just get him gone reinvest like he plays excellent. he plays excellently when the team are playing excellently but like is that what you want at a club like that you look at someone like Fernando no. come in to a team that were playing poorly and completely turned it around and turned mm. up when the team is playing poorly like that's the sort of player I think you want running your midfield. Mm. He's um, arguably disappeared though in recent games. It's it's he was, also he was, he was, Fernandez thing like him and Pogba struggle to play together. Like, yeah, they're two very similar players. Hard having both of them. Um, yeah, that's it's like, like why did they sign Van der Beek? He's just well, exactly yeah, that's a necessary purchase. That's that's forty mil that could have gone elsewhere. It is that like a young quality player. Yeah, yeah, potential just being wasted really. Yeah. Um, yeah, Man United is an interesting one. And I I question Solskjaer's mentality when he comes out and says, we're just looking for top four. Like, they're, no, they're he's, four. A, he's a PE teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they, they've got a good squad. This is what like, I don't get. It's very like, good mm. squad. When they were, like, jostling for the top of the league, like, whenever that was, like, maybe three or four weeks ago now, it was sort of like, oh... Like almost a shock factor that they were there, and then you look at the teams around. Mm. Liverpool have just like completely lost the plot. City didn't have a recognised nine. Mm. We're playing with basically a midfielder up front, and you think like, okay, you might have had it out in this season that like you were going to go for top four, and that was it. 
but you, your goals almost have to change as the season. Yeah, I agree. And like, if you're tussling for top, like the top spot against a team without a striker and you're in good nick, yeah, like yeah. surely you've got to be thinking, fucking hell boys, like let's actually have a crack at this. Yeah, that's that's the that's when you kick on. Rather than backing that narrative of like, oh, we're still just going for top four. Sort of yeah, whereas, whereas moving on to City, they've sort of gone the other way, haven't they? And they've sort oh, of... That's just scary. They're just frightfully um, effective. Like, yeah. like you, and you look at the likes of the players that are performing, like what Jesus got, did he get two, two on the weekend? Monday, yeah. And he's out of favour with Pep in terms of selection. You look yeah. at Gundogan, who like, you know, at the start of the season was sort of on the fringes of the player, of, and then he's just held it. He, he got his start and he's made the most of it and he's just been playing loads. I mean, he didn't start when they in their last game, but like he's he's been tearing up. We've mentioned the defence before, like how effective that is. I saw a stat that yeah. was they've gone, um, they've conceded three goals. I can't remember the time frame, but they conceded three goals and scored five, like the two centre-backs. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. <laughs> centre-backs are outscoring the amount of goals they're conceding, like... That is just Scaring. fucking quality. Yeah. Like yeah. that is unreal. I really hope yeah. they translate into Europe and win it this year. Yeah. Just for English football. Yeah. I'm not a City fan. It's their best chance to. It's good. It's good to see English teams doing well in Europe. Yeah. yeah and precisely. I, I'd like to see City go and match by and beat them and sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of Mark. I think that's the that's the that would be the final we want City by in. Yeah, definitely. Because they're two just relentlessly ruthless. Efficient yeah. teams, yeah. Dominating, that, 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 dominating their own, yeah. Mastic football. I mean, it'll take a collapse of like epic proportions, I think, now for City to to lose the league from this point. Yeah, yeah. I can't see it happening. They are now mathematically safe from relegation, the first team this year. So they can't go down. Oh, fucking great! <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's a good segue into Fulham, I'm sure I'm sure Guardiola's playing. <laughs> so well, yeah, relegation. Let's let's get into that. Um, it's looking a bit saucy at the bottom of the table, boys. It is. It's very tasty. Um, Brighton are getting dragged into it. Fulham. Sheffield won last Fulham night. are still drawing all of our games. Woo! Taking <laughs> the points over, lad. Don't you worry about it. Um, Newcastle are. You know, still. I'd Bruce. love to see Newcastle go down because Steve Bruce's face just annoys me. I don't know why. <laughs> That's a legit thing. Because, because they're such a big club as well. It's just like, just go on, just go down. It's funny. Yeah. Mate, Sheffield yeah. have already conceded they're going down. Fair play to Chris yeah, Wilder. He's, he's, they have like, he's accepted it. They have like 11 points or something. <laughs> yeah. I think I th- I'd, I'd like to see Fulham make it. Yeah. They have got the yeah. best manager in the league. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Like you just you just on interview, you're just like I I like you. Like, I would go for beers. <laughs> like, you're just a good bloke, definitely good value. Mm. Uh, going back to Brighton, being dragged into it. Um kind of mentioned it off air, didn't we, before we started. Off air. Yeah. <laughs> off air. <laughs> off off recording. In the, in the bonus episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I genuinely feel sorry for Graham Potter. Like I feel like he's a good mm. player. Like, when he was in charge of Ostersons, like when they beat <laughs> Arsenal in the like Europa League, I feel like he's a good English manager. But he's just mm. not. Excuse my friend. He's got a he's got a poor crop, hasn't he? Nothing there. 
Like, they've got like they've got no goal scorers really. Apart from um, Lewis Dunk, who puts him in the wrong goal. Yeah, and gets <laughs> sent off every time. <laughs> 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 Fucking loves it, doesn't it? But um, but yeah, that's going to be as the season draws to it's sort of to the point where it starts to like really lock in. Um, mm. That relegation zone is is going to get really interesting because I think it's it's the bottom's far more interesting than the top for me. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, it's yeah, far more yeah. far closer, and like yeah. that pressure starts coming in of like not only are we in the relegation zone, but also like the pressure of the end of the season coming and like confirming that. Mm. Like that's always going to add to managers are going to make you know maybe substitutions they wouldn't normally make, which is going to have effects on games that wouldn't have normally happened during the main part of the season so like there's always it's always going to heat up towards the end of the season and I think it's a really really interesting thing to keep an eye on um finish just the time do we want to move into something else um FA have confirmed that the Euros won't be hosting that uh, England won't be hosting yeah. the entire Euros personally sport. gutted yeah, yeah I mean gutted but also like if it means we don't get Roger by COVID again. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine if we opened up the country to Roger to new <laughs> country. Roger by COVID. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> Roger by COVID. <laughs> All of the fans and etc. Yeah, it's a fair. It's a fair show. We have a massive spike and we close again. Like, yeah. no one wants that, do they? I'll I tell you I, what, though. I get. Yeah. I am getting my tickets to the final because it is coming home. I can't see us not making the final, to be honest. Can't play against like fucking Switzerland. Imagine <laughs> if, imagine if we get to the final, and win it. This, the, what a summer that will be. I Mate. just, I just, it's. I'm gonna, I'm manifesting it within my own mind. That's it's like, gonna happen. You no, know, at the end of unbelievable. You know, at the end of World War Two. And bear with me here. Wasn't there? Um, <laughs> personally, I wasn't there, Tim. So I'm not. I don't know it that well. <laughs> Like, you know, you have that guy like runs into the room and he's just like, the war is over. Yeah. And like, there, there's like, <laughs> like into the street and fucking like kissing and like the street parties. Like, that would be if England won the Euros, that would be like the equivalent of like the post COVID, the war is over. Like, <laughs> everyone's vaccinated. I mean, realistically, you're gonna, realistically, you're going to be. Oh, a- <laughs> I am. The anticipation is, is too much. It would be huge, couldn't it? It promises so much, just whether it... Whether it materialises, yeah. Personally, can't wait to draw all the group games and crash out, but... <laughs> Manifesting it. Out after the group, yeah. <laughs> right, pretty wary of time. We'll move on yeah. to um, rugby, which is more... Rugby, oh, what? Yeah, you two can Henry, um, take this away. Hey, Henry, did you see the rugby? <laughs> I tell you what, Tim. I did see the rugby, and what <laughs> rugby it was. It was rugby being played, and it was <laughs> <fucking hell>. like <laughs> as a genuine Welsh fan, I had a very good weekend. And, and as a genuine England fan, <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, it was. I suppose the the first thing to start off with would be the um, the quick tap um, try. Mm. See, uh, you've got all the water boys on. You've got all the water boys on. You've got all the water boys on the field. You've got to give us time to set. You've got to give us time. 
um, yeah. I personally think they did have time because if watching it back, <laughs> the, he brings them all. In, he brings them all into a huddle, right? Because they assume Big is going to take the three points. It's under the post. It's an easy kick. So he brings them all in, anticipating the kick. And then if you watch it back, some of the England players start to fan out and do get set. Like on the right-hand side of the pitch, there's three England players set there for defence. Yeah, bigger, bigger, bigger kicks to the side where there's no defence because no. it's just smart. Yeah, I mean, I suppose like to the letter of the law, the try is completely legal. And like mm. that's unquestionable because like time is on. I mean, the only discrepancy is the fact that Owen Farrell's watery boys are still on the pitch. <laughs> Yeah, and I think there's like something like about having water boys on the pitch, but I think that's only if the tee is on. Um, mm. But so, like by the letter of the law, it is a try. I think what I'm struggling with is the fact that like Pascal goes there as like a ref has been completely bitched by bigger. Like he's been completely played because like goes there is right next to bigger for the whole thing. And then Bigger just turns to him and he's just like, let us know when time's back on. And like, he's done that to completely manipulate a situation. And like, I think that's why I'm more annoyed at like the ref rather than like the world mm. for actually doing it. But perspective, like, it's a fucking clever try. It's just the tell fact- me this, Tim. Tell me this if the shoe's on the other foot and that's Farrell kicking the pen quickly and it's Johnny May catching his score. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like to the left, <laughs> makes sense, but I'm annoyed at the fact that the ref has been. Yeah. Easily, at like yeah, game. the ref had a shocker. There's no escaping that. He's like the ref, he had a very poor game. He's like ordinarily, you'd like have a ref that, like, a ref has to be aware that like bigger is lining up for that and is like mm. knowing what's going on. Mm. Whereas like it just seemed that he he almost like actively encouraged it. He just saw the fact the England line wasn't. Yeah, there. it doesn't it doesn't look good watching it back. And like he just looks at him, he's like, oh yeah, fucking go on then, mate. Like, like, so he had Josh Adams in his fancy team. So, (laughs) like, there were other refereeing howlers, and like Mm. again, the knock-on one. Like, I yeah, I put as I personally think that is a knock-on. Yeah, because at no point does Zamit have control of the ball. He's knocked it forwards, trying to gather it. Hits his leg, it goes backward. You can see in his face, he's like, ah, yeah, he knows he's knocked it on. And, and it's yeah. a good finish. It's a good finish by Williams. He he, he plays the whistle, but again, yeah. I do think that I think that was poor. Yeah, play to the whistle, boys. <laughs> in year seven rugby. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it just like that was. Yeah, I think the control element from the knock-on perspective mm. well, was like. Yeah. Technically, you can make a case that like it's never gone, like. Um, to ground, so he's yeah. like, you know, you can say it's a grey area that again Wales have got on the right side of. Um, yeah, I think consistency is the main thing because we see we see those given in the prem as knock-ons. Yeah, sort of exactly. every weekend, and then it gets to Six Nations, such a big call like that. Yeah, and it's not given. But also, you take those fourteen points away, Wales still win by two. Well, I think England's England's downfall was their poor selection and discipline. Yeah. So. I think it's the big thing because it stems from our game plan of we're gonna kick fantastically. Like it's just like we're gonna kick fantastically, and then our defense is gonna destroy like any return ball. Yeah, we'll win. We'll win the penalties off the back of that like defense with like Curry, Underhill, yeah. Wilson doing bits as like 
winning turnover ball and then we'll either kick to the corner and maul it or we'll kick points yeah and like that's how we score tries my problem is is like the same cases with the scotland game like if you have a ref who isn't playing to that advantage or like you're not winning that defensive battle there seems to be yeah. no plan b there seems to be no yeah. alternative other than well we'll keep kicking it away and like it just seems so robotic like yeah there is no backup plan for england they have a set way of playing and if it doesn't if it doesn't work it doesn't work spectacularly and, and teams run points in on them yeah and like one thing i heard at the weekend was like there was we had a penalty advantage and farrell kicked it like yeah. territory and like you look at that and you're like is it that robotic and that like prescription mm. to the point where like even when you have a pen advantage where you could it's a literally a free play and you're just yeah. like give it a little clip no a lovely yeah. play, lovely kick to the corner <laughs> like, it's just so stupid and then you have players like Itoje who's like discipline like cuz Wales they should have been sent off how do you get five penalties against you and not get a yellow card yeah like well <laughs> that final like quarter of the game because mm. we brought it to 24 all yeah and what Wales did was just like we'll just we'll work the ball and wait for them to give away a penalty yeah i think Eddie Jones mentioned it in his post match comp press conference he said they they sort of overplayed they were playing too much they're being too aggressive at the breakdowns and just and Wales let them just go you know go in full steam ahead and give away these penalties and Sheedy was unreal from the tee I think he has to start next Mate, game he but... had a fantastic game when he came on I thought he was really really good mm. um, obviously I personally think bigger is done I know that's controversial but looking ahead to the next World Cup I think Sheedy needs to be given more game time ahead yeah. of bigger I think I'd agree, although I'd say that like Sheedy, I'd say that um, Bigger is like a good 10 for implementing like mm. a structured style of play. Like if you yeah, want he's... to start of a game to just do what you want to like set up a game, he's pretty good for that. You know, he's he's a good kicker and he can mm. do everything, like all the basics pretty well. Um, whereas I think you're right. I think Sheedy needs to see more game time. Um, but like you look at like what Sheedy got his points from and like how Sheedy played like was often off the back of Itoje's faults which were yeah you know I think the case with Itoje is that he's very good at like winning game-changing turnovers but he also goes hunting yeah. to the point where like yeah, he, yeah 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 he looks for it too much doesn't he if he has one or two penalties given against him he's got almost it seems like he's got that attitude to like well I need to like make a game like a momentum changing turnover for my team which yeah. is a fucking great attitude to have and I'm not going to criticise that for him but it also means he ends up going after a riskier ball rather than just yeah. like and, and then just giving more once, you, once you've given a sorry once you've given like a couple away the ref has now got that in his mind he's thinking right this guy's consistently yeah. conceding penalties I'm going to be looking for him to be making those mistakes and like you look at how South Africa like went to town on us in the World Cup final Fafter Clerk did the exact same to him. Like Fafter Clerk baited him with box kicks. Like there was like little like chat in between like um like set pieces and stuff, and it was all aimed at like trying to get him not to react by like because his his discipline in terms of like you know gamesmanship is fine. Like he's not a Sinclair Genge type to like you know just pop off and start throwing like punches. Just love throwing hands. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like he was looking at baiting Itoje into making yeah. 
errors and he did it perfectly and that's what happens that's what wales did really well as well so yeah. like you know it's a, it's a tough one i think jones's selection you're right like i can't Oof, see don't get me started it's so poor I, he's he's clearly got an idea in his mind well the thing is is england have been so good for under jones for so long and he has this set idea in his head of how good these players can be but the performances of Binny Villapola, Daly, Ben Youngs, um, who else has been poor? Itoji was poor. It's mainly the Saracens boys who haven't been having game time because they're down in the, in the championship. I personally don't see how Daly can start or even make the 23 next game. He was He's just been getting worse each game. I when you have the likes of a Dogwoo within the squad, just not getting any game time, who is a ridiculously good player for Wasp. He's been tearing it up. How does he not even make the 23? It's, it's scary. And like you look at the likes of like Harry Randall, is like mm. he hasn't played a minute. He hasn't even been on the bench. I don't think. Yeah. So like, why call that? Why call up these young, exciting players and get them within the squad if you're not going to use them and you're going to stick to players who can't be dropped even if they're playing poorly? It's like, that's why he did it really well in 2017 when he took the likes of like the Curry brothers on tour to Argentina during the Lions. Like, mm. you know, that was a perfect example of like using young players and giving them games. Yeah. Like, yeah. like if any if there was ever a time to like you know induct players into a team it would be in like a year so disrupted yeah. COVID with no fans and like yeah in such an ord- and like, there's no there's no pressure on them to win that tournament because there's no there's no real pressure on any team to win that tournament it's kind of a a duff year yeah exactly um so it seems sort of bizarre that he's not he's not played the yeah. like Randall and like Definitely those Bristol boys more because that Bristol mm. is that Bristol team is just so effective, and I suppose that leads yeah. to like a bit of Premiership chat. Um, mm. Like Bath sneaking one past Northampton, what a game that was! That was an exceptionally good game. Um, I I didn't see much of it, but like just oof, you missed missed a cracker. Those scorelines are always always funny. Northampton could have put the game to bed, but credit to Bath. They came out really strong second half, dominated the scrums. There's a really good clip towards the end of the game where Tom Dunn is like demanding a scrum when it's 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 Northampton's penalty. He's like, go on then, yeah, let's go for a scrum. And then Northampton buckle and like, like yeah, we'll go for the scrum. And all the, the Bath front row are just screaming like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> and then they win the penalty. They were just, they're Bath, they've, they've definitely turned the corner in their season. They, they've won three on the bounce now. And yeah. a lot of their players are turning up. And you've got to remember that they're, they're missing Watson because he's with England, missing Underhill because he's injured. Um, they, they, they don't deserve to be, I'd say, as far down the table as they are. They definitely could be higher. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, really good game. And talking about down the bottom of the table, Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about my team. <laughs> and they, did beat, they did beat Worcester, to be fair. And there's, But then there's still problems of... of who plays nine for Gloucester. Yeah, because Hines has said he's leaving, which initially I was a bit annoyed about, but then you remember he's 34. He's definitely in the latter stage of his career. And Skivington claims we've got good cover at nine. Have to wait and see if that if that comes if that comes to fruition. But yeah. I do like Varney. He's been playing for Italy this six yeah. nations. He's looked yeah, quite mate. good. He's exciting. Player. So I think he needs some game time. The most crucial position for us, I think, is 10. Because we Cipriani went, we still don't know why. And Billy Twelve Trees has been playing ten, who isn't a ten. He's I mean he shouldn't really be playing anyway, but 
we're just kind of plodding our way through the season and, and hoping for the best. But it's yeah, it's it's a strange one though because I think the Premiership have announced that no one's getting relegated this season. Yeah, they have, and I personally am very happy because yeah. we, <laughs> we'd be going down so quickly. And on the flip side of that, what's going to happen with Saracens? Oh, there's. I think they stay down, which is amazing news. Coming from someone who doesn't know much about rugby, why don't mm. they just leave? Like, surely they don't want to be playing for in the championship. Like, because like, like, you don't see any Man United players playing against bloody Wickham, would you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I it's, think that yeah. Just Sorry, Tim, go on. Or will like, they leave now? No, I don't think like the. Like club culture is a big thing in in rugby, far more so than than football. Like with football, it's yeah, fair so heavily about rugby, whereas like uh, so heavily about money. Whereas in rugby, like mm. Saracens to their team. Yeah, Saracens have created this club culture where like like they train differently to everyone else. They do very little in shape of contact, and that's one like conspiracy as to why they're so successful. Um, they, you know, they look after their players exceptionally well. I mean, we now know why. Um, <laughs> they gave them all like fucking wedding venues as part of their contract mm. but like <laughs> it's like a they have created a culture where and like you know they're not going to stay there forever like when when promotions do happen again they'll come straight back up and they'll yeah. go straight back to playing rugby in Europe so like yeah, yeah, you know you look at it as like a why don't they just leave it's like well where are they going to go to like they've played like yeah. you know, Atoje played it's, Saracens Academy. It's a good. It's, it's so different to football. Farrell's like, dad played, yeah, and he's been at Saracens his whole life. Yeah, like, yeah. So many of those players have played Saracens yeah. like their whole time. It's easier said than done to yeah. just leave. And like, yeah, there's no team other than Bristol with the like financial incentive and Irish. Irish got a bit of money these days. Yeah. We've got a bit of money over there. Yeah, Bristol, mate, Bristol are top of the league. They're quality. But like the, but this is the thing: is like you have two incentives for rugby players. Like one of them is financial, and the other one is like the quality of rugby. And I think there's yeah. only, I think Bristol have the quality of rugby, but like financially, they've spent a lot of their money on a lot of other players, which is why they're top of the league. Um, you're right, maybe London Irish, but again, like, you know, a London Irish going to snag Farrell? No. Right, so. but, it's, it's, but it also as well because it was only going to be one year like they were always going to bounce back up two years now if you think there's not I guess the Lions tour is imminent but there's not a World Cup pending where these boys need to be playing like week in week out rugby to get that selection for a World Cup so I don't think they were too worried about having a year in the championship they're still going to be training at an exceedingly high level and you know staying fit yeah. the Saracens boys for England have looked a bit off it but I think that would be inevitable and it's a bit unfair for Eddie Jones to pick them and then expect them to play at such a high level that we're expecting them to. Yeah, like, yeah. Binny Villapodas looks very unfit. And if you get like you get lads like Zach Mercer and and Sam Simmons in you know in the Prem who are being overlooked and playing really good rugby, I think Eddie Jones needs to just take a step back from his like philosophy and ideology and these ideas he has and just give other boys a chance. Yeah. No, I think I think that wraps it up nicely. Yeah, right. So We've run out of beers here, so um, I'd love to nip the shop, but we're in lockdown, so they're all closed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us leave us a like and subscribe, and yeah, we'll hopefully see you next week. See you later. Thanks for listening. If anyone does listen to this. <laughs>